Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Rethinking Rehab with Dr. Shane Smith. I'm a licensed physical therapist practicing out of Naples, Florida. I am the owner of Naples Premier Physical Therapy, my own clinic that I started about four and a half years ago, wanting to focus mainly on delivering quality care over quantity. Today's podcast is going to be a little different. Uh, after a conversation I had yesterday with a patient complaining about weight loss after an injury and how challenging it's been for her, um, just a little background, um, the patient I had was dealing with low back pain and because of her back bothering her and nerves kind of being affected in her low back, she was getting some pain through her hips as well. Um, both of those complaints limited her ability to walk, to stand, to exercise, so she kind of just sat around and didn't do a whole lot. Um, and she's gained 80 pounds in the last year because of inactivity uh, and honestly probably poor diet thrown in the mix too. So during our session yesterday, I had a conversation about different things that would be kind of basics to start with. You know, when when you're struggling with weight and when you've been struggling with injury and, and you just kind of feel like it's a nonstop snowball effect in terms of as I try to get active again, I try to lose weight, something hurts and then I can't do anything and then I end up gaining more weight and it just becomes very frustrating. So I thought I'd do one today called the ABCs of weight loss. So when we think about ABCs, we're thinking about the most basics of basics. So, you know, the first thing I think that's the most important, and this is kind of what I told her, the most important thing if you're really serious about weight loss is getting a plan together. Um, this does not have to be super detail oriented. You know, you just need a general idea of what do I need to do to potentially lose weight. And the most important thing for any weight loss program is getting to a simple math equation. The number of calories I consume in a day needs to be less than the number of calories I burn in a day. This refers to caloric negativity or being calorically negative. Um, you can think about a car. You know, if you've got a bunch of fuel in the gas tank, the car is going to run. It's going to keep running until you run out of fuel, then it stops. With our body, we keep adding so much fuel, and our systems are slightly different than a car in the sense that we have secondary gas tanks we can add fuel to. Our car doesn't have the capabilities once the liquid gas fills up to store it elsewhere, but our body does, and that's in the form of fat. So once we've consumed the amount of calories our body needs for a day, and if we are excessive or, or above that number needed, the body says, well, heck, let's store this later uh, in the form of fat. And this is an evolutionary uh, process that has occurred uh, over a long period of time. If you go back to our hunter-gatherer days as humans, we did not come across food as readily and as easily as we do today. You couldn't just kind of wake up from uh, from your um, you know your home or or whatever hut that you had back then and say you know I'm hungry I'm going to run up to the grocery and get myself some fried chicken uh, today. It just didn't exist. So because people didn't come across food as regularly or as easily as we do now, they didn't get meals as frequently as we did. And there might be times that they go hungry for a little while and thus they needed fat stores to survive off of. Obviously today's ease of getting food has totally changed that evolutionary uh, aspect about humans and how our bodies work. So because of that, we have to be very careful on cal calories that we consume. So the first thing I would tell patients uh, about wanting to lose weight is you've got to develop a plan. 
How many days a week are you intending to exercise? How are you going to get the exercises in? How are you going to stay consistent? Because consistency is the key to weight loss. Many people, this is the big problem they have, is that they will attempt a weight loss program for about a week or two, get frustrated with results, and then kind of give up on it. Or what seems to happen to me, if I'm ever in this category, things in life come up that limit your ability to lose weight. So the easiest one would be, you know, holiday season. So October and November, kind of getting into colder months for most of the country. Weight gain is not unusual in those months. Believe it or not, another change to humans over time is if you're in a colder environment, you naturally want to eat more to warm yourself by adding fat tissue. It's kind of like a, a seal needing to, to eat fat to get blubber to then maintain warmth in the cold sea. So if we're in colder climates, we tend to, whether we realize it or not, want to consume more calories so that we're a little warmer, feel more comfortable. This sets people up a lot of times for being unhappy with how they look around the holidays. Well, you try to lose weight around the holidays, good luck when you're going to various parties, you're doing different you know, holiday meals that always entail more calorie consumption, more drinking, more things like that than you normally would do, which really makes a challenge for weight loss. So keeping a plan, keeping consistent to the plan and not letting the office work party or the New Year's Eve party or, you know, whatever it may be, affect your plan. It's got to stay consistent. That's the most important thing. Um, some people like to track their calories. That's not, not a necessarily bad thing to do. There are equations, mathematical equations out there that you can look up um, that will tell you based on your activity level, your age, weight, and height what amount of calories your body needs in a given day to maintain that body weight. That is your baseline number to know what you need to be below. So for instance, if my baseline calorie quantity needed to keep my current body weight was 2,650 calories a day, I might want to shoot for 2,400 calories a day or 2,200 calories a day so that I'm maybe two, 400 calories deficient from what I need to maintain that weight. Now, when you do that, your body will burn the number of calories it needs, but if it doesn't have the food calories to maintain that weight, it will have to go into your fat stores for energy. And that's where you can kind of start chipping away at the weight is you've got to make your body calorically negative so that it has to burn fat stores for energy. And by doing that, you start to reduce the total quantity of weight you have. Um, two factors that I have found that really speed this process up. And these two factors I have found almost everybody that complains about they can't gain weight, or excuse me, they can't lose weight, uh, or they can't lose weight fast enough. It's usually related to their inability to limit either alcohol consumption or sugar consumption. And I don't necessarily mean you can't have either of these. If you really want to go ham and really drop weight fast, you have to cut both of those out for a month. If you cut sugars, refined processed sugars, so kind of like the crappy sugars, out as well as alcohol out for a month and supplement what you would normally drink alcohol-wise with water, then you will notice 
faster, faster weight gains, uh, excuse me, weight losses than if you still try to, to consume a low amount of alcohol or sugar. And this is going to be one person to person. Some people can really get cold turkey with things and other people need just a little bit to get them through. Either way, as long as the quantity of those you're taking in is less than your total calories needed, you're still going to have weight losses. Now, the problem with alcohol and keeping this one in moderation, even if you do decide I need that one glass of wine or I need a beer or whatever it may be, is alcohol causes you to retain water. So you're gonna get this bloating kind of feeling or just weight staying steady because it's water weight. So by reducing alcohol for a month, you really do reduce the amount of water retention that comes with the alcohol consumption too. And sometimes just losing water weight will drop a lot of weight quickly on a scale. Um, I think a realistic expectation for somebody that's wanting to go about losing weight and starts with staying calorically negative to a reasonable extent, as well as staying active regularly as well, one to three pounds a week is reasonable. I mean, we're talking close to 10 pounds in a month that you could drop. I mean, that's substantial if you keep consistent with what you're doing. Um, with uh, exercise and activity, I always imply cardio is the most important aspect to do. So cardio is your fat burning, it's your big calorie burners. Um, you have to have a cardiovascular component to really have decent weight losses. Um, but I don't feel strength training should be completely abandoned during this weight loss process either. Because if you can gain muscle mass, it's going to make the number of calories you need to maintain go up. So if I have more muscle mass, I need more calories to maintain that muscle mass. If you are not consuming those calories for muscle sustaining through food only, you will have to use fat stores for energy consumption to maintain remodeling and keeping your muscle tissue how you have it. So that's another good way to look at why is it important to weight lift while I'm trying to lose weight? If I was a very skinny, scrawny person with no muscle mass at all, the amount of calories your body consumes is substantially less than someone who has more muscle mass on their body. So it's kind of in some regards thinking about how many, you know, do you have a V4 engine or do you have a V8 engine? If you have a V8 engine, there's more cylinders, therefore it takes more gas to power that engine and thus you're going to burn more of it faster. If you're in a V2, a little rice grinder kind of motor that just kind of hums along at 80 miles per gallon, it's not going to take a lot of fuel to keep that car moving. So if you're very skinny, scrawny in terms of muscle mass, not just weight, but just muscle mass quantity, it's going to be less on your body to maintain that. So that's where the strength training component comes in is that if I have more muscle mass, it requires more calories to maintain that muscle mass and thus my total calories needed to consume to maintain has to go up and thus if you're staying calorically negative it's going to cause a larger change in the net amount of calories you're consuming so that's a big part too um, why you want aerobic versus weights and how they're both beneficial for weight loss now when you look at aerobic exercise uh, it takes roughly 10 to 13 minutes depending on the person 
to get to a oxygen consumption in metabolics. So the way our body kind of works when it comes to cardio-based activities is we have different systems that run on different energy sources. So if you were in a building and you heard a big bang or you saw something catch on fire and you needed to run out of there immediately, you're using a system that does not require oxygen to produce energy. That system can only sustain you for short distance. Um, another example, you're in the woods and all of a sudden you hear a bear and you gotta run away from that bear. You're gonna have enough to get off for about a minute and just go full, full tilt for a minute straight. And after that minute you switch to another system which uses a little bit of oxygen but mainly non-oxygen still until you hit that eight to ten minute mark and then you're running into what's called an aerobic system as opposed to an anaerobic system. Aerobic systems require oxygen for the metabolic processes to work and that's the system that can utilize mainly fat stores for more energy burning. So that's kind of why cardio is so important is if you want to target your fat stores directly you have to get to that aerobic exercise level. So you can kind of think about it in general. I usually tell people two to three minute like walking, warm up kind of deal, and then maybe 10 to 12 minute jog after that. And then 15 minutes into an activity, you're gonna be using oxygen, burning fat for energy production at that point. So kind of after 15 minutes on the bike, after 15 minutes swimming, after 15 minutes walking, jogging, running, you're starting to burn the, the, the calories that you're wanting to burn or targeting the tissues that you're really wanting to target. Um, and how long you can sustain that afterwards is going to be based on the individual. I always tell patients that are starting with basics, the ABCs, look at maybe 20 to 30 minutes would be what I'd recommend to start with. Um, if you're incapable of, let's say, jogging or walking for 30 minutes, maybe you look at something that's a little easier on your body like riding a bicycle or recumbent bicycle in the gym or maybe just getting in the pool and doing some walking in the water. Um, injury is also a challenging aspect to weight loss and that's kind of where rehab specialists, trainers that are really knowledgeable about injuries, that's kind of, you know, they're, some of, they're out there, I'm not going to say they don't exist, they definitely do exist, just maybe not as common as you'd see in someone in the rehab community would be. Um, but starting with a low level exercise that doesn't worsen your problems. So let's say you got hip pain and I can't walk because my hip bothers me and standing hurts my hip. Um, I don't like being in the pool. You know, maybe biking is the right route for you. Maybe rowing is the right route for you. Um, they do have upper extremity bikes, you know, a UBE bike where you're just moving your arms and that's major cardio work doing that kind of stuff. Um, if none of that works, maybe a high intensity interval training, a HIIT training might be the right combo for cardio for you. Because you don't just have to run, bike, swim, walk to do cardio. Anything that keeps your heart rate elevated for a sustained period of time is considered cardio. So if going to the gym and taking, you know, let's say a lightweight and we're just going to burn out 30 rep sets of, of arm exercises and 30 rep sets of, you know, lunges or squats or whatever it may be, maybe that's your cup of tea. As long as you're doing it sustained consistently for a longer period of time at a lower resistance level so your heart rate has to really jump to keep you going, that's cardio. And like I said, that's extremely important. You almost have to have that in conjunction with the dietary to really have positive weight loss uh, uh, goals and, and, and achieving uh, the goals that you hope to have. Um, but realize it's a process. And I think the thing that most people take for granted is how long did it take you? And this is a question you can ask yourself if you're thinking about it. 
how long did it take you to realize, wake up, I need to do something about this, this is a problem now. The reality is if it's taken you longer than you'd hope to come to that realization, maybe a year, maybe two, don't think in one or two months you're going to be back to where you want to be. I mean, that's the challenge we have is patience and consistency. And those are things in today's day and age where it's immediate gratification. It doesn't work that way. I mean, some people will get desperate and do surgical-based interventions to help with this. And to them, you know, best of luck for you. Um, but I can tell you I've heard a lot of surgery procedures done for people that don't deal with the mental planning process are going to be right back fat in a certain period of time once their surgical stuff is ineffective for them. That includes the, the lap bands, that includes the bypass surgeries, I mean all kinds of different interventions that people like to do. Um, I've even seen people that get liposuction um, that think, oh, I'm, I'm skinny now, this is great, and just eat like they used to, and it's not a matter of time before they're back where they were before. So I hope these points on ABCs of weight loss were helpful. As I stated before, you got to develop a plan. When am I going to exercise? How can I diet? What's realistic for me? You must stay consistent. It's the key. Looking at staying calorically negative in your total consumptions of calories consumed. Trying to really limit alcohol sugars for a month or so during this process. As well as increasing consumption of water. Um, once light aspect people don't realize a lot is our feeling of thirsty sometimes gets confused in our brain with hungry and this is one that happens a lot to me because I'm busy with patients a lot throughout the day I don't get an opportunity to drink as much fluid throughout the day as I should and a lot of times when I get home at night I'm dehydrated but I think I'm hungry and I just start wanting a snack and really if I would go to two or three waters and try to just get some hydration in me first my cessation of, of hunger will diminish a lot too. So that's another one you can look at. If I'm feeling hungry, start with a bottle of water, drink that, wait 20 minutes and see how you feel. Your, your hunger feeling might go away because remember, the stomach is a muscle just like other organs uh, or other parts of our body. Um, you have muscle tissue in your stomach that can contract, that can ex expand. <clears throat> the more consistent you are with reducing calories will cause reduction in stomach expansion to the point where the stomach starts shrinking and when that stomach starts shrinking it doesn't take as many calories to feel full and thus you're going to perpetuate that weight loss process okay hope this was a fun one uh, everyone have a great day and until next time stay at it and keep active take care everybody